Welcome back to North of Shy, the Baird and Warner North Shore podcast. I am your host for the day, Eric Schwinger, and I'm sitting here today with Wendy Berg from Baird and Warner's Gold Coast office. Welcome to the studio, Wendy. Hi, thank you, Eric. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for coming out on this kind of rainy November morning. Um, you've got some really interesting experience in the real estate industry, right? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. That's why we've got you here today. Um, so why don't we just start by telling, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about um, your experience in real estate? How long have you been in the business? How long have you been with Baird and Warner? Um, kind of stuff like that. Sounds great. So I've been in the real estate industry since 2014. And in January of 2020, I joined Baird and Warner. So I'm coming up here on two years shortly, though it feels much longer because everyone's been so welcoming of me into the Baird and Warner family. So I thank you for that. Uh, as mentioned, I'm actually out of the Gold Coast office down on Michigan Avenue, but I actually do live here on the North Shore. We moved back uh, in 2019, actually, right before I came to Baird and Warner. So it's been great getting to reconnect with my past here, starting to build some new relationships, but the majority of my business is still in the city. Okay, that's really cool. So you actually live on the North Shore, but you do a lot of business in the city. Do you also do a little bit of business out here in the suburbs too? Yes, I have started that. So that's been great. Um, reconnecting old people, as I mentioned, that I used to know from growing up, but then also have made a lot of new relationships. So that's been great. Great. So. Having that kind of unique perspective of doing business both in the city and out here on the North Shore, what do you see as maybe some of the differences between kind of these two market areas over the last, I don't know, let's pick a year and a half because that's been kind of the COVID time and uh, that's been the kind of the really interesting um, and unique time for us here on the North Shore. So how do you see kind of what's going on, differences or similarities between the city and the suburbs? Sure. Yeah, let's talk about that. So I think everyone seems to know that the suburbs have definitely been on fire. They're super busy and that's been pretty transparent. I think it's the Chicago market that has been a little bit more interesting over the last year and a half. Um, now let me first say everyone did not move out of the city. <laughs> I know maybe the media yeah. or it feels like it. Um, but there was people that did move out of the heart of downtown, I would say, that didn't want to be in the high rises and wanted to get more space. Um, still wanted to stay close to it, though. So these peripheral areas seem to grow a lot that um, gave people the opportunities for starter homes, more space, yard space um, that are still a quick L ride or drive into the city. And I think prior to this, um, they would have done everything they could to stay close to downtown and been in a, switched into a condo or a town home. Um, and it kind of brought in some more options for them. But I will say since the summer and the fall now, it's great because the city has been buzzing again. Those high rises are closing, all different price points. So that's super exciting too. Yeah, that's really interesting because we hear in the media a lot of things about how people are leaving the cities and you know, everyone's moving to the suburbs or the uh, even further out rural areas because there's more space. But um, in your experience, you don't necessarily see a mass exodus happening. Absolutely not. City. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> and that's kind of jives with what we, we've seen out in the suburbs too and on the North Shore is, yeah, there's been a ton of activity and there have been some people moving out of the city, but there's a lot of people downsizing and even moving back to the city too. It's just kind of a reshuffling more than uh, necessarily like, you know, one particular demographic doing one thing consistently, right? It's just a lot of people reevaluating their living situations and deciding, you know, I need more space, I need less space, I need, you know, 
to make that move that I've been putting off for a while now because all the last 18 months they've spent in their house, right? Yeah, so it's exactly yeah, true. I yeah. had a call actually just yesterday where someone sold their house in the northern suburbs in four days and they're scrambling to find something in the city. So yeah. it does go both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And you've got some other interesting, I think, pieces of business, right? So your husband, Robert, is the owner of FDB Construction and Development, right? Which is a home builder and design firm mm -hmm. here in Chicago. Tell us a little bit about what he does with FDB um, and uh, kind of some of your experiences there. Sure. So, yes, he is um, a luxury home builder and has been a lot of Lincoln Park, Lakeview, Bucktown, that whole area uh, for a lot of years now and um, definitely seen changes. He would tell me about, um, you know, that, that things have been different over the last 12 to 24 months. I think he would, you know, still rate things as good. He may not say it's great or fantastic, but I think I think good is a pretty good rating for the way things have been going. You know, we're by no means about to collapse. Uh, the, our our city's amazing, and there's always people coming and going. Uh, there's some problems to fix, and I'm sure they'll get fixed. Um, and it's going to be the thriving place where everyone's going to be racing back to as well. I've got no doubt. As for the suburbs, the growth has been incredible there. Uh, no doubt that path is continuing on an upward line. Um, people not only moving just to the close suburbs, which it seemed to be everyone wanted to be within 20 minutes. Now it's really about more space, more land, and it's been thriving and spreading all over to different areas further out. Um, new construction and renovations. So I think the only challenge that's been coming up now is the inflation and um, building materials, lack, you know, lack of labor, things like that, that we got to get a hold of. Yeah. So we hear, you know, people inside the real estate industry and just every, everybody now hears all about these challenges that we have with supply chain and materials and all this stuff. So uh, obviously that's impacted FDB, I'm sure. So Tell us a little bit more about that. Like, um, what are some of the biggest challenges for home builders in general right now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I hear my husband complaining about this a lot lately. Uh, there's been a big challenge, he says, on the lack of materials and labor. And when you mix that with the dramatic cost increases of the materials and labor, it's definitely putting extreme pressure on builders um, and the building industry in general, as you mentioned, the, the supply chain. Um, for example, lumber. You know, you'd be paying $20 for a piece of, piece of plywood, and in April it was up to $62 for a so, piece of plywood. So let me pause you right there. So do you know what is causing that? Like, I hear, I've heard a lot about lumber, right? Yes. And you know, COVID was an awful thing for humans, but COVID didn't affect trees. So what happened there? Like, what, The what's factories, the production, um, and then getting it shipped and in. I mean, it, there's ships waiting to bring materials in that we can't get in it's gotcha. definitely uh affecting it from all sides yeah and so that just drove the price up drove the price up it has come back down now but now for a while steel's been over you know over 200 percent increase in prices so steel and wood are kind of the foundations that builders need yeah absolutely so like when one thing kind of comes back down another thing kind of goes back up, right? Yeah. 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 And, you know, these are unexpected, significant costs for a builder or, you know, gets passed on to a homeowner. Um, actually, we were just having a conversation about windows. One of his clients was ordering windows last week and he was told it's going to be 18 to 23 weeks. So we're talking almost six months as opposed to three to five weeks. Six months to get windows. 
So you got to plan ahead. So what do you do, right? Like it just causes, I mean, that's a massive delay if somebody's, is this a new construction project you're talking about or was it a renovation? It was a, it was a renovation. Okay. So are these people living in the house while They're it's being not, renovated? Okay. We pretty much never recommend that if Yeah. Possible. Okay. Um, I was going to say, what do you do if you have, you know, a project midway and you're trying to live through it and they tell you it's going to be six months before we can get the next piece of material that we need to finish the job. I mean, yes. that's crazy. Yes. So it's definitely brought on some new challenges for him. Wow. Um, okay. Um, so generally speaking, what do you see as like, um, you know, time to, let's say a new construction house typically takes what? Typically it takes a, a year or you know, so from permitting or, a year to 18 months, a year to 18 months from permitting all the way through to completion. Mm -hmm. And now if you're going to undertake a project like that, or your husband's going to undertake a project like that, what would he say typically? Are you thinking two years, two and a half years, something like that? Or I know it's probably hard sure. to predict. Sure. I'm honestly not sure he'd want to give it a, a solid a timeline. timeline. Yeah. Um, and the budget's the tricky part. Yeah. So, I mean, I think homeowners are they're going to have to be patient. They're yeah. going to have to expect some longer time frames on their dream home or their renovation. Um, you know, you can't blame everything on the builder. So oh, a lot yeah, of absolutely. No, a lot of it's no. out of their control now. Sure. Um, I know we all want to blame someone, but you're just going to have to expect these changes. And the other thing I would say is try not to cut your budget super tight because some of the things they're talking about are – 10 to 15% total increase it could wow. it could put on your home. Crazy. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind. And as my dad always says, you know, plan for the worst and hope for the best. So yep. that's my advice. That's good advice for everything in life, <laughs> I think, right? So tying this kind of back into real estate and your role as a real estate agent and, you know, our audience here, generally speaking, is probably going to be mostly real estate agents. Uh, some good advice, it sounds like, would be if your clients are considering new construction, to make sure you set the expectation early on that if this new construction that they're considering is not complete, uh, that there could be delays and they need to have a lot of flexibility in terms of their living situation, maybe before they can even get into the house. Exactly. Um, and if there's any way to not live, if you're renovating, to not live there is my advice because it's going to be, you know, people can put up with things for a certain amount of time and then it's just going to add a lot of extra stress. So yeah. if they have that opportunity to stay in a rental or something like that, you know, plan on something that might be flexible. Yeah. And then this kind of, begs the question of how does this impact the current inventory shortage that we have, you know, primarily in the suburbs. I don't know how the inventory really is in the city, but out here, you know, on the North Shore and in the suburbs in general, we have a serious inventory shortage. And one way to kind of alleviate some pressure on inventory is to build new houses. But if you can't build new houses because the materials are all backed up, then it kind of just has this chain reaction and domino effect of um, impacting not only the builders and the people buying new construction, but also everyone else on down the line, right? Because all of those folks who maybe would be considering buying new construction now maybe can't or the new construction isn't, isn't available, right? Yeah, so, I would say that. But, uh, you know, if you have some flexibility on where you want to live, um, you know, the suburbs are building a lot more than they were, too, at different price points. Um, the city had stuff under construction, so those are still going to continue. So, th I mean, there are options coming up the pipeline. It's not all brand new. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so, 
from your unique perspective of working in the city, working in the suburbs, working a lot with new construction and your husband being a builder, uh, what are any additional insights maybe that you can offer for what you envision 2022 being like? I think there's been this boom in renovations, especially in the city and the suburbs, uh, new construction more in the suburbs I've seen, but with both, I think people have just been stuck inside. They want these changes. There's honestly been almost like a frenzy on it since, you know, in 2021, that was kind of what I feel like our year was about. People were either moving, renovating, building, you know, tearing down. That was, and, and I think that trend will definitely continue here in 2020. I don't see that change in the immediate future. I do see, you know, more new construction, as I was trying to say, in the suburbs. Um, and that's going to continue. I think also, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, not just homes, but developments, townhomes, track homes, all these things that are, you know, within an hour of the city are just are just booming out here. Cool. And I like what you're saying about townhomes and other options, too, because that's really where I think we're struggling in a lot of our markets is kind of more entry level or lower price point homes. Um, and a lot of that does mean condos or townhomes or things because the cost of construction of a single family home is just you know, astronomical right now, as we already talked about. Right, exactly. So I think that's great, too. And I think depending how close or far you're willing to be from the city, you know, you're going to have more options if you're willing to go a little bit further out. Yeah. Well, I like it. It sounds like you've got a pretty positive outlook on, you know, what might be coming down the pipe here in the new year. And you know, even though you and your, I'm sure your husband has experienced a lot of challenges with COVID and all the delays and everything, um, it does sound like um, you're hopeful that, uh, you know, 2022 is going to be another strong year. And, uh, you know, both in the real estate side and also in the building side. I do. I do. It's exciting times. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a really great conversation. I appreciate you coming in again. Um, and I wanted to um, volley a couple of surprise questions off of you. Oh boy. Um, these are questions that we ask kind of each of our guests. Um, so are you ready? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> if you could choose to have one superpower, what would that superpower be? Superpower. Let's see. I mean, aside from turning everything to gold, maybe. <laughs> uh, I think I might choose flying. So... I never like driving. I can't stand traffic. I think if I could just fly everywhere, I'd be so happy. I would be going everywhere nonstop because. Yeah, yeah I, I like that drive. one too because I have zero patience for traffic. I get like my blood pressure goes up <laughs> significantly yes. when I'm getting on the highway. It was one COVID um, benefit. <laughs> it, absolutely. And I actually enjoy driving. Like I, I, when we go on road trips, I'm the driver. I like to drive because I like to be in control of the car. But when it comes to traffic, like I go from being, you know, very happy about driving yes. to, to like just so angry. Yeah. So we're in an industry where we drive a lot. <laughs> yes, so absolutely. Let's fly there next time. I like it. All right. Well, if you can figure that one out, let me know because I'll hit your ride <laughs> on your, your flying carpet anytime. <laughs> Um, okay. Next question. Um, if there was a theme song for your life, what would that theme song be? This one's probably a little bit easier for me. Um, cause there is a song that I do love. It's I hope you dance by Leanne Womack. Do you know that one? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think know. everyone knows that one. Right? I hope so. I know it's a little bit cheesy, <laughs> but I just love the words. If you, you know, if you could sit, 
have the choice to sit it out or dance. I hope you dance. And I just feel like it applies to so many things in our lives that you just got to give them a shot, give them a chance and don't pass it up. And I would also never turn down an opportunity to get out on the dance floor either. So nice. Um, yeah, I think I agree with that totally. Right. I mean, you never regret the things you do. You always regret the things you don't do. Right. Yes. Usually in, in general. Right. So I, I think that's great. Um, get up and dance. Yes. Nice. Um, all right. Last one. And then we'll let you get out of here. Uh, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice at the start of your real estate career, uh, what would that piece of advice be? Oh, good question, Eric. <laughs> one piece of advice. Um, I think maybe I probably wouldn't have started under another agent or a so-called, you know, it wasn't really a team. I just came in under an agent. Uh, maybe if I'd been younger and was just starting in my career path, uh, maybe I would have considered that. I uh, definitely don't regret it, but there didn't end up being that much benefit for me. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, if I had known at that time, which I didn't, that you can co-list with agents and agents are happy to do it, that I could have learned that way. And I think it would have been a much better fit for me. And I wouldn't have had to pivot at six months, you know, into my real estate career. So I probably yeah. would have... I would probably say that if uh, I had to give some advice to myself. Okay, I think that's great advice. You know, at, at Baird & Warner, we don't necessarily encourage or discourage people from joining teams. If people gravitate towards one another and a team kind of naturally happens, then we support that. Absolutely. But uh, me as a managing broker anyway, I won't speak for everyone. Um, I believe that, you know, the best way to build a real estate business is as an independent agent, um, unless your goal is just to have a job. Right. If you want a job and you want someone else to bring in the business and you just want to work, you know, and then turn it off, uh, maybe being on a team is a little bit of a better fit for you. But if you really want to be an entrepreneur and build your own business and kind of really have your own brand and your own business, I think, you know, as painful as that first maybe six to 12 months can be um, as an independent agent, I think that's really the way to go. You take your medicine at the beginning and you build your business. And then the next thing you know, you know, um, you've got kind of a, a freestanding independent business of your own that you can grow however you want to grow it. Exactly. And that's the only way to build your brand too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're on a team, you're basically, if you're, unless you're the team leader, you're building someone else's brand, right? Exactly. And you're, you're, you know, uh, bringing money in for them and as opposed to bringing it in for yourself. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, this has been really great. I, again, I appreciate you coming out on this kind of rainy and cold, uh, November morning here. Um, it's been a great, insightful conversation.